On this week's episode, is Back to the Future the best time travel movie? Do Marty and Doc fail upwards? Should we all be carrying family photos in our wallet? And is George McFly the man of our dreams? Find out now you're listening to Robert's Birthday episode of 24 Flames Per Second, Flame Off. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Now I know what you are thinking. Why are you not hearing the beautiful dulcet tones of one Robert Spiewak Mahorkas? Well, it's funny. Today is a very special day because we are doing the birthday episode for our fearless leader and uh, uh, executive producer of Party Fish Media and this show, Robert Mahorkas. Robert Spiewak Mahorkas. So uh, what we're doing is we're changing things up a little bit. We're wanting to introduce a new way to format this show. And one of the things that we've always been excited about is talking about very specific ideas and uh, movie types, movie genres, characters, actors, and all, all the above. And what we want to do is try and focus on one genre, find the best and the worst of all of, of uh, all the different movies that exist. So what we're deciding to do is bringing on our, our friend Robert to talk about the best time travel movie ever made. What is it? Well, if you know the man himself, we have a good idea. So what we're going to do is we'll talk about Back to the Future. Is Back to the Future the greatest time travel movie ever made? Do you think it is? Stick around and find out more. This is 24 Flames Per Second. Welcome again to 24 Flames Per Second, the show that roasts the films we love the most, as always. Actually, not always. I am your host, Quasi Phillips, and welcome to the show today. Again, we're doing a little different format, and I'm really excited to get started on this. We are going to have this available on YouTube, and we want to make sure that we have a visual component to see all the beautiful faces that get to be on this show. So, we're going to have uh, a video link coming soon, and please look out on our social media at 24 Flames Per Second to find out more about at 24 Flames, excuse me, at 24 Flames Pod is our handle. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll cut this out in post, right? Everyone who's on the Zoom call? Uh, I know my socials, all right, guys? Trust me. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for coming, and we're really excited to get things kicked off for the birthday episode. Uh, but first, we need to introduce uh, the co-host for today. She is a regional producer for The Moth and a storyteller and a film buff, our friend Casey Rom. Casey, thank you so much for joining us today. Look at little Sula. This yeah. is our third co-host. Yeah, Sula well, is uh, the unofficial 24 Flames mascot because she's always exactly cool. don't usually get to see her. So we have a, a really fun collection of fairy mascots, and Sula is our ringleader <laughs> for this show. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for bringing her on, Casey. Do you, you you have a very res big responsibility today. You are going to be the judge, jury, and executioner of this thesis. Is Back to the Future the greatest time travel movie ever made? Are you ready for this responsibility? I feel ready, yes. Okay, this is good. It's good to hear. <laughs> uh, have you seen this movie before? Yeah, I I think it's been a minute. Um, and 
I am really curious to see what examples come to the table here because I, I have a memory of what the movie is about, but it clearly hasn't stuck with me the same way it has with Robert. So I'm right. excited to hear this impassioned argument. <laughs> I know. It's a little bit intimidating. It's like... <laughs> it's like the one like, thing you know about Robert is his love of this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like if you're if you're at like you're debating human rights with Gandhi. It's like a little yeah, little <laughs> it's that you you're 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 up against it a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And without further ado, we need to introduce the man himself. He's the executive producer of Party Fish Media and Twenty Four Flames for a Second. He's a one armed dishwasher, and you can find him on social media at Rob Spiewak. Robert Bohorquez, how's it going, man? Hello, I'm looking forward to not being executed at the end of this. <laughs> That's right. We forgot to tell you that, yeah, if you if end you up lose, on the wrong side, you of it, die. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's 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 a yeah, it's it's a very hard line. So you gotta make yeah. sure you bring it. <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm excited to hear what the rest of our pool has to, and you know, I hope they really line up to be part of this new format. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going? Oh, it's good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, throws it back to, I believe we did Back to the Future is like the third episode ever of oh, the show, um, way back when. So eons um, ago. I'm excited to you know people want to hear I guess a longer version of my argument. You can go listen to that and how much worse we were at doing this. Um, <laughs> That's right. It was <laughs> yeah. it was tough. It was uh it was very, you know, seat of our pants back in the day. Yeah. And I know, you know I what? did not succeed at moving in a minute on that. So hopefully I can make up for that in today's thing. But well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This should be fun. I'm glad that you remembered that we're not going to let you off the hook with that movie in a minute, sir. You you reminded me three times today and I still almost <laughs> forgot. So well, perfect. So, what well, you know the rules? You, it's. I'm curious. Uh, you feel on this side of the table? You know, you know, um, behind I the mean, mic today. I have, I have, you know, done a movie in a minute, defended a movie before. Um, so I know what to expect. Um, I feel the pressure just like everybody else, and <laughs> I think it's still worth putting people through this. So yeah. Um, and thankfully, you know, uh, I've been doing a daily like scene breakdown of Back to the Future on TikTok since New Year's That's this right. year. So uh, I also just rewatched the movie all the way through the other day, um, unrelated to prepping for this. So um, I feel like it's, uh, you know, it, it, today's going to be as good as I probably is going to be able to do it. So perfect. Well, we'll thank see. you so much for doing it. And we're going to put you in the hot seat. Are you ready? I feel it. For the movie in a minute for Back to the Future. Yeah. All yes. right. We're going to give you a three count and you're going to let us let us have it. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Marty McFly is a teenage boy. Doc Brown is a scientist who invents a time machine out of a DeLorean. He's doing the experiment with Marty. He gets shot by some terrorists that he sold nuclear stuff to for making the time machine. Marty accidentally goes back to the 50s, meets his parents, prevents them from first meeting, and he starts to disappear from existence. Um, he has to, with 1950s Doc, get the DeLorean to get struck by lightning and he also has to get his parents back together there's all these hijinks that happen as you know it works it doesn't work his father's kind of impotent his mom's attracted to him um and then they get to the dance at the end and uh he coaches george into knocking biff who's this big bully guy out for the first time um and that gets his parents back together he gets in the thing 
he does get struck by lightning ultimately um and he goes back to the 80s gets back his whole life is different his family is different um and everybody's for the better and then it ends with the movie doc comes back from the future and is like we gotta go save your kids marty something's gotta be done about your kids and then they fly away into 2015 and you're out of time wow. you like that? under <laughs> under the wire well done sir good job man yeah okay i think that i think that kind of covers it honestly Whew. i'm not I'm warm now. <laughs> hey man, it's really it's nice you. to turn the tables on Robert here a little bit. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Yeah. I've been hosting. <laughs> oh, that was the, well, that was the hardest part, right? Yeah. I think that we you, you missed only a few details. I mean, like Doc what? Is, Doc is uh, under pressure by terrorists. I think that we. I missed. mentioned the terrorists. Did you mention the terrorists? <laughs> you were going, you were going fast. So he I'm, did, I'm but it, it, it it was it's it was very not. <laughs> it was barely mentioned. <laughs> I said he got shot. I didn't say the ultimately the end where he doesn't get shot. But whatever. Yeah, you didn't give us the genealogy of the terrorists themselves or why they're there in the first <laughs> They place. are Libyan. <laughs> they are Libyan. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh well, thank you so much. You you know what? You did it. Birthday episode, moving a minute, you killed it. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. bringing the heat on our first version of 24 Flames Flame Off. I'm so excited. You know, um, I set the bar and now everybody else got to meet it. So okay. definitely did. So thank you for that. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Robert, you're going to tell us why you think Back to the Future is the best time travel movie ever made. Are you ready? For a break? Yes. <laughs> thank you. We'll be right back with 24 Flames Per Second. And we're back. All right. Uh, we just heard Robert nail the Back to the Future movie in a minute, right in the wire, as if he needed to go exactly 88 miles per hour to nail the minute. I'm so happy <laughs> you did. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for doing that. And I've thanked you a lot in this episode. <laughs> I realized I'm so, You're welcome. I'm, just so, I'm so blessed and thankful to be here, you know, in the, in the director's <laughs> chair for the first time. Uh, well, Robert, let's get to the crux of this thing so that Casey can make her final judgments. What... <laughs> makes you say that back to the future is the best time travel movie ever made um yeah so i mean i can start with one of the things i've been thinking about as i've been watching again is that you know as a time travel movie as this subgenre of science fiction um one of the things that i think is really difficult to do is present like a convincing somewhat somewhat real like explanation for how time travel exists in a movie, right? Because, you know, in real life, it's not happening. Um, and so how do we how do we get the audience to like suspend their disbelief to be like, yeah, it, other than just being like, oh, there they go off into time. Um, how do how do we win over an audience to, you know, believe that this technology is happening and it is real um and so you know one of the things i think that back to the future does pretty gracefully um and more gracefully than a lot of time travel movies is that you know there's a scene where you know we get there and the first time we meet doc in the movie um the experiment he's doing this experiment and he's sending his dog einstein a minute into the future and that's like it just happens. Like he doesn't explain anything. He's like, check it out. Got a remote control DeLorean. I'm putting my dog in it. Boom. The dog's gone. Mar now 
when the dog comes back, he's like, okay, Marty, now I will explain to you the machine while you film it for science. And, um, and we get this explanation of, you know, the, the, the numbers, the 88 miles per hour, the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. Um, yeah, I know cabbage. I'm telling them. Um, and, and he's like, here, there's these time circuits. Like he gives us kind of a little like step-by-step. Step, here's how this machine works. And, you know, it's logical enough that people you're watching the movie and you're like, cool, it's a badass car that goes through time. And it also is like this realistic presentation of exposition because it's a science experiment that you're not you don't lose the audience in the weeds of like a bunch of techno babble. And, you know, it also is like things that Marty like needs to learn as Doc's, you know, this isn't stated in the movie, but he is Doc's lab assistant. And so like it all it all just like makes sense for us to be given all this information that then, you know, governs the rest of this movie and the two sequels that come after it. Like the 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 rules for time travel are explained and pretty much unbroken throughout the course of the rest of the series. And so like I think that that is like the bulletproof case for you know, that's why this movie is the best one, because it doesn't have to beat our heads over. The, it doesn't have to beat us over the head with science. And then it doesn't also have to break its own rules later. Right. I, I think that I think that when it comes to you're speaking about the technology and the reasoning behind the um, like why this why the, the time travel concept works within the films. Mm-hmm. It speaks to the fact that they they kind of you're saying that they kind of choose a lane and they stick with it, right? Mm-hmm. And the lane they choose. So basically, for most nonfiction, it's there are obviously different versions of this, but there's kind of three basic ideas around time travel that's explored in the film. Did there's you just the, say nonfiction? Did I say nonfiction? <laughs> is, time time, real. is time travel real? Do you know something we don't know? Hey, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Tune into our extended play to find out. Um, <laughs> So there's in in science fiction and in 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 fiction in general there's basically three ideas of time travel that's explored. There's the unchangeable futures version wherein whatever has happened will happen and always will happen ad infinitum. So mm-hmm. even if you go back in time and fix it whatever happens led to the future that you live in now. So you have Terminator living in that world, Bill and Ted. A lot of time loop movies basically live in that world because you're in, it's an immutable future. It's always going to be, you're always going to go back. So even whatever you do, you're going back um, in time. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of one version. Then there's the multiverse version. A lot of comic book movies explore this where there's um, there's the infinite version of everything. Everything mm-hmm. exists in, in every possible ad infinitum existence so yeah it, it wherever you are in this in your universe you can bounce back and forth people can be brought in from different universes and things can change in your own universe and then there's kind of the tapestry of time which is what back to the future kind of plays in or butterfly effect films where mm-hmm. your what you change at one point kind of affects in smaller ways what exists in the future so um and then obviously back to the future is, is a perfect example of that but what happens in Back to the Future is that the, the when you're thinking of saying those rules and all of a sudden it feels like that it, it won't really kind of make sense at all because you're you're working in in a universe that 
has okay so if he doesn't do one specific thing then all of a sudden everything is going to be affected in the future and he may not exist what if he does exist i mean they clearly he exists because he's still there until he starts to fade and when he goes back and it was back to see his, his parents uh, all of a sudden you're expected to believe that everything is perfect how do you how do you know that the one thing you fixed led to everything leading exactly to what would be the perfect situation for you when you got back home. Who knows if when uh, when George McFly became a stand-up guy, he all of a sudden got an ego trip. And then all of a sudden now he becomes Biff in a, in a really bad way. And like, how are you mm-hmm. supposed to lose for that? You know? And then so if, if it, it explaining the rules in like, seeing the, the rules of time travel for, uh, for Back to the Future, it, 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 it it's very convenient. And so and time travel is it's it, you you kind of go to a movie to see things be messy a little bit you know and like in in uh um in most of these other films where you see like a butterfly effect happen it actually has like pers- like things that change and actually make the character evolve because marty goes back and things are kind of just perfect for him and he gets to mm-hmm. kind of be be himself again so why i feel like that for me it's like that's it's fun but it's not the best time travel movie because there's other movies that play with that concept and things like shift drastically in the universes and like yeah. make you really think about what has changed and how you're supposed to grow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 funny that we mention all these other ways that time travel operates kind of in movies, how it's kind of broken down into even further subgenres because um <laughs> and this is I'm talking we're talking about the first back to the future, but the series kind of w- becomes all of those which is like i mean it's, i think it's funny that we're mentioning that because you know the second one introduces this alternate timeline thing um and the kind of the determinism and i actually think the first back to the future does both this tapestry of time thing and this kind of deterministic thing because um when we do get to marty returning to you know in quotes a perfect life i think it's just a different life marty is unchanged it's it's like the whole world is kind of changed around him which I think is really interesting. And I don't know if that has anything to do with him being the one affecting the changes or, or what, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that that is, I know they explore that in the comics where he has like an identity crisis where he's like, I have memories. Other people don't. Um, but I mean, that's not in the movie, but um, yeah, I mean, it's funny that we talk about the, cause one of my other points is um, I think the use of, you know, Marty has this photo of him and his siblings in his wallet right. um, that he kind of uses to track like his s- progress towards success, I guess, of, you know, fixing that he uh, interfered with his parents first meeting. Um, and so and kind of how we see that is it's slowly his, his everyone is disappearing around him in order of age, like his oldest brother, Dave, starts disappearing and then his sister starts disappearing. Um, and then eventually Marty does start disappearing. So I think one of the, the implications of that is that, you know, that the timeline that they're on is this kind of organic living, like almost like a like a ribbon of time that is slowly like corrupting itself as it goes, um, mm-hmm. because it goes in order of age. Right. It's not like, oh, he stopped his parents from meeting immediately. Everything is fucked. It's like <laughs> there is this chance to fix things as you know on the only way i can think to like picture it is the way the tesseract in interstellar works where it's like everything is present always and you can poke ribbons and stuff and change things um but like that's kind of the implication here is that 
you know, there is some kind of like cosmic clock counting forward mm -hmm. that, you know, if Marty doesn't, there, there is like a drop dead to when he, his changes won't matter anymore um, because things are happening. And so like, I mean, I think that that's one of the, that's more of like a galaxy brain concept that I think this movie introduces that isn't just like, you know, the, the literal, this is how the machine works check all the boxes, you fix your future, where it's like you start to think about like, oh, all these other random things that he did in the 1950s that, you know, you can start the world building is more complex when you start like, you know, working backwards from the A plus B equals C. And that's, that's one of the other reasons why I think the movie is so strong is that the world building is so strong. And it like backs it up in the way the story unfolds over the course of the movie. And you mentioned the, the, uh, the family photo kind of being the driving driving pulse of of action like it basically is driving marty to push to solve things at whatever speed and give him the, like a proper deadline to reach and that yeah. works for storytelling for sure i think and i think what i like about that idea is it 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 does kind of put the audience in a place where they can you know, kind of root for him in whatever ways and say, oh no, he need, we need to see this happen. It adds the action and excitement to it. Um, but when you think when you think about what that really means for him, it's it's he he. I feel like if he has like a, the specific deadline of when he can go, and that can be, you know solve for him and like he's we we kind of know in our hearts that he's gonna make it right so there's Maybe. it is it, well it's a 1980s movie so we kind of know i mean there, it, there's a there's a okay future boy <laughs> <laughs> well no but like even i suppose like when it came out you know there was a risk right there was a possibility that maybe you know oh my god what if he doesn't actually make it um mm -hmm. and i think that when you're in situations that I suppose um, are more risky, like Groundhog Day, for example, where it's a film where it's playing with a time loop, mm -hmm. but we don't get like a great resolution at the end of that film versus this one where it's kind of like happy, happy days at the end. I feel like with, with a film like with Groundhog Day that plays with time and it's in, and you, you know, it's, we know that the end of the day is his kind of, or like when they, um, when he goes to sleep or when mm -hmm. when the day resets is his timer so every day he has like a, a running timer so his actions all of a sudden now have like repetitive deadlines or like the changes that he wants to see or how he feels like getting out of it have these repetitive like you're you're thrown back into the anticipation of the climax of the day it's multiple times and you still don't get that resolution which plays with me a really uh which plays oh, for me it plays in a really cool uh an interesting way of playing with time and it keeps you in it for you know the a, a final resolution that even at the end you you have questions and you play with it more um it in your mind when you look back on it and so when you and so marty's family photo being kind of like the driving pulse of it it adds adds for you know the length of time but it also kind of adds for uh it adds in the, into the film a little bit of a feeling of okay so this is when we're gonna see this we, we know we're gonna see the climax we're gonna see the cool action and then we're gonna see him back home and so mm -hmm. it's kind of like okay we, we know it's gonna be great to watch and it's gonna be exciting to see the lightning and everything happen but we know what's gonna happen after that 
versus yeah. every day you 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 have to when in a, in a time of situation where every day you're learning new information and applying it and seeing how that unfolds to me it feels a bit more engaging and so you have films like Groundhog Day and even Palm Springs that came out last year mm-hmm. that played with that concept in really interesting ways and kept you really engaged and not knowing whether or not it was going to be the resolution you were expecting. I have a third point that I will use rebutting everything you just said to get to. Um, so I think that those t- I think I'm glad that Back to the Future doesn't really fuck with time loops because I think they are not as interesting of science fiction movies. I think they have greater potential to be these character dramas like Groundhog Day and Palm Springs both are where like we see. Um, oh, what's her name? Christella uh, in Palm Springs, the lead actress. Krista Milioti. Krista Milioti. Um, I was mixing her names together. Um, <laughs> we see her go on this amazing character arc where she like, you know, it's kind of like a super condensed I don't know. Her character and Andy Samberg's characters are so different, but they go on these both like incredibly different and satisfying character journeys. And same with Groundhog Day, where, um, you know, Bill Murray also does this thing of like, I'm going to learn everything. I'm going to fuck with everyone. I'm going to kill myself a million times. I He's this like, you know, man of extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's interesting from a character perspective, but from a science fiction perspective, they purposely like, um, Palm Springs messes with the science definitely more because she literally learns like (laughs) all the physics and gets out of the time loop. But Groundhog Day ignores it completely. It's just this magic fucking thing that happens. (laughs) There's no explanation. Um, And so that movie's like not even a science fiction movie. Um, Whereas you look at, um, at Back to the Future and there are there, I think there is an upper limit on the character drama that you get like you're saying, like there's this expectation that it's all going to work out at the end, you know, your, your hero's journey, story circle, blah, blah, blah. But the movie does such a good job of fucking with that the whole time, right? Like he gets to the 1950s and, you know, kind of the inciting incident there is that he gets hit by his grandpa's car rather than George McFly getting hit by his grandpa's car. And so like the first thing that we learn is that, Oh, you stopped your parents from meeting, dude. Um, and then he's like, okay, I will just get back, him back together. Oh, you can't because your mom's in love with you. Ah, uh, nuts. And now he's got to solve that problem. <laughs> and then as we kind of get further and further, I mean, even it goes all the way up to um, the dance itself where George comes to the rescue like he's supposed to in their plan. But then he has to, you know, instead of just fighting Marty off, who's going to play along and, you know, do whatever, he has to fight off Biff like his lifelong adversary. And so it's like, oh, is George going to be able to do this? Um, And then the band cut his hand open, get Marty out of the trunk. There's all these little obstacles that keep having to be overcome throughout the whole movie where you're like, it's, it's like you're riding on a razor's edge you're just like man like is anything gonna work out and then <laughs> even at the end you know they've got their experiment that is gonna work doc says it himself he's like yep and you'll hit the you know i timed it perfectly you'll hit the wire and the lightning will happen and everything will work out like that's literally how doc says it and then a tree falls on the wire and the wire the cable comes undone so doc has to climb up there and fix it he fixes it another part of the cable comes undone when marty gets back to drive from the paint line the car the engine dies like things just happen 
and ruin ev almost every step of this movie. Like nothing goes right for them until the very end. And then even still, we get back to the future. Um, and Marty comes out of his room expecting that, like, the world will be back to his normal. Right. But really, he's now in an alternate version of he's in this other alternate version of 1985 where, you know, George grew a spine, didn't let people push him around his whole life. Um, Lorraine has had more than one person she likes. And so she's not as much of like an alcoholic and a, a, <laughs> um, prude. Um, and so, you know, George has been able to write and he's a successful person. Biff is now this neutered beta in the driveway, like waxing their cars. Like <laughs> the payoff at the end of that movie is what makes like everything that went wrong up until that point worth it. And so like, that's like kind of my third point is that the movie really rewards the audience for like making it through kind of an anxiety filled, like three quarters of a movie in the middle where it's like, things just keep going wrong. Like there's in, there's like incest in this movie. Like it's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the whole movie is like this big test of the audience. Like, will you hang in there for this amazing finale to a movie that like pays off in spades, like the soundtrack, everything at the end is great. And so, I mean, I think that because of that, it gets around this, this problem of having to give us a very grand, like character development arc, like, because the mechanics of the plot, like kind of just keep pushing the for pushing the tension all the way up until the climax. And so, I mean, that's the other reason why um, I think it works really well. It gives us the rules. It, holds itself to the rules and then because it played by the rules no matter what the end of the movie is just like fucking boner alert for a story like <laughs> <laughs> you know you know casey you know what we're talking about boner alert yes <laughs> um yeah well i'm curious <laughs> i'm curious to hear casey because ultimately if the argument is that Back to the Future is not the greatest time travel movie. You've mentioned a couple movies. Are there any that you feel are the greatest time travel movie or are better than Back to the Future? Glad you asked. <laughs> I would say, for me, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is probably my favorite time travel movie. And I think it... You son of a, a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it it plays into uh, the... I, I, the, the trilogy or like the franchise itself, I think is where you can maybe break some of the, the, you know, the problems with, with time travel or even with like this, like consistency and, and sequencing and everything. I think that it, for me, what's for re what reads really well for time travel in terms of like some of the storytelling is kind of like the, the few, like you're going back in time to change something, but what you change has a more bigger effect on you than it does on the world that you're the universe that you're changing. And I think that that will always kind of read better as a story and like kind of the development of, of the plot and everything for, for, for a time travel film. And that's kind of why I like watching movies like that, even in, in multiverse movies where you know that you're changing things and you're incorporating, or you're meeting people from the different universes, they have a larger effect and growth on you as the, as the protagonist or you as the audience to kind of see these different perspectives. And so see for me, and I think just the action of Terminator and um, 
and like the you know the the way that James Cameron told that story for me I I really enjoyed it and so you have films like uh, Terminator um, and in some uh, in some multiverse movies and Groundhog Day even being a character drama or Papa Springs being a more time loop with the sousson of science thrown in there to make sure that they <laughs> get it all right. Um, for me, they play, they they exist, and, and and for the concepts of time travel in those films, I think read better. And not to say that they're better films, maybe than uh, than Back to the Future or uh, other competition. But I'll say, with looking at the context of time travel, I I like seeing those the way that they use the time travel concept to tell the stories and to grow the characters and also provide all the action. I think that that for me makes it makes it up there uh, in the list. So Back to the Future can't hold the crown until we we fully establish all those different versions of it. And I want to say, hearing, but we we all know, we're, we're good friends with you, Robert. We know that this this movie has a huge impact on you and uh, and it's, it's, one of, it's one of your favorites. And I know just from like- It is that, my favorite. <laughs> Always, it's always fun to talk about this film with you. So thanks for thank you, an impassioned and bold defense of Back to the Future. I love it. Thank you so much. Casey, it's in your court now. Is oh, Back man. to the Future the greatest time travel movie of all time? Okay, <laughs> this is so hard for me because it's Robert's birthday. And I hurt my this movie. Whatever but... you say, I still can watch Back to the Future whenever I want. It's true. <laughs> But I'm going to have to go with no. And it's because of Quasi's like very final point, which is that the stakes in, in, in regards to stakes and having that effect on the person that, that is our like lead character. And for me, I always go back to Donnie Darko and Donnie Darko as a time travel movie is so perfect because the ultimate choice is do I die or do I let these people that I love die? And like, he makes that choice and you don't really know what the choice is going to be until it happens. And it's just like so intense and so perfect. And I, I agree. I think that while back to the future is a great movie and like, I will also watch it. Um, I think that most of the problems were not problems until they went back in time. Whereas there's some other films where like, these were already problems and they have to be solved with, the help of time travel rather than hmm. problems caused by time travel. <laughs> the gavel has been struck. Casey, Back to the Future is not the best time travel movie of all time. No. There it is. Robert, I, I know. It's it's tough to hear. It's, it's not really the best hard. Movie. You know, I uh, I don't think this format's going to work out for the show, y'all. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Maybe try again. Well, thank you for the for one and only flame off yeah. episode it's like for a second <laughs> well yeah and and i think that it we will will have to look at you know the the scope of everything but i think that back to the future is a great movie and i think that um and i, I robert we'll t- we'll get your take as to what you really think after you know we'll just, oh we'll yeah, just, yeah right. mask off and all that but it is it, i think that when i like i love talking about this i love seeing like how these concepts play into it because like all these films that we love you know there's definitely some like they're they're living in these different genres or even breaking genres and you know there are different ways that they utilize the tools at their disposal to tell the story 
and time travel, no one knows what it means in the first place. It's all theoretical. <laughs> so, you know, any, as you know, the great Paul Rudd said, is Back to the Future a bunch of bullshit. You know, all, all time travel is a bunch of bullshit. You know what? It, it, <laughs> it's all something that we're all trying to figure out. And movies that play with it and able to use it, even if, you know, they use it in different ways to tell their story, I think it's super awesome. And I think Back to the Future is a fantastic film because it takes things and keeps it it uses a rule and tells a story with it and it is fun and exciting in so many different ways outside of the time travel area that make it a really fun watch every time nice robert robert what do you what do you think what are your your thoughts on this um i i it doesn't hurt my feelings i mean there's a lot of time travel (laughs) movies um but um yeah i mean i think that time uh back to I think that Back to the Future has become kind of this metric against which to compare time travel movies, though. Um, And I think that some of the successes I was talking about, I think, are kind of reasons why. I think that it rolls a lot of things that we see movies, you know, hyper focus on when it comes to time travel. I think it rolls a lot of them pretty, pretty you know, seamlessly into this, into a single movie. Um, and that's one of the reasons I like, it. I mean, the character, we didn't really talk about, you know, kind of the cast of characters and the whole thing, other than like name mentioning them a little bit. Um, but I mean, I think that that's the other thing, like the setup for this movie just kind of happens and we just kind of believe it, you know? Um, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, I, I kind of like coming back to it. And I think that's one of the reasons that like a couple sequels still work um, is because, you know, it doesn't, have to like introduce a whole bunch of new people every time. It's not like Doc, you know, stumbled into somebody else that he fucks their whole family tree up <laughs> with this time machine. Like it, we stick with these characters and different versions of them throughout different time periods, you know, in their family lines and whatever. Um, and I think that, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it does a lot of things well. Um, I. I still think it's the best one of all time. You know, I didn't appoint you judge, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, this was, uh, this was fun. It was fun to talk about it and, you know, hear about some other things that work in other movies too. Definitely. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us on Robert's birthday episode of 24 flames per second, Hi. the flame off. We talk about back to the future. Thank you so much, Casey, for laying down the judgments and letting us know what you think. And, for all of our listeners, what do you think? Is Back to the Future the greatest time travel movie ever made? You can reach out to us at 24flamespod at gmail.com or at all our social media at 24flamespod. Let us know what you think is the best time travel movie of all time. What did we miss? What do you want to talk about? Let us know. Um, thank you so much, Robert and Casey. We will see you all next time. If you want to hear more time travel talk, join us on 24 Flames Per Second's Patreon, where we're going to be dropping an extended play where we discuss more about time travel in general in terms of Back to the Future and any of the other movies that we may have mentioned on the podcast. Join us at patreon.com slash 24 Flames Pod for more information there. We'd also love for you to follow us on social media at 24 Flames Pod or email us at 24 Flames Pod at gmail.com if you have any thoughts about time travel, back to the future, or the movies we talked about on the show. You can find all the previous episodes of 24 Flames per second on any of your favorite streaming platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Anchor FM, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us at 24 Flames per second.
leave a rating and a review. And we'd love for you to do that. It helps more people find the show and we really, really appreciate it. This week's episode was produced and hosted by me, Quasi Phillips, and co-hosted by Casey Rom. Our panelist today was Robert Spiewak Bohorquez, and our show music was composed and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. Partyfish Media is executive produced by Robert Spiewak Bohorquez, Quasi Phillips, and Will Paulson. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Next week, we're going to be looking at the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, so stick around and stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. Bye! Party Fish Media Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.